I'm David Clayton, and this is the Way of Beauty podcast, conversations on Catholic faith and culture. Hello, this is episode 41, and this is the eighth talk with Paul Jernberg, the composer and musician. And last time we went through seven principles um, of uh, by which we can introduce these ideals into parishes. Um, and I, I'll just list these now and Paul could correct me if I go wrong. Um, and we began to talk about some uh, specific situations uh, but we're going to go into more depth about the different sorts of parishes that you might come across, um, because how you introduce these, if I understand it, depends on where you've got to go from where you are. And so the, the, the method of introduction will vary. But these are, and I'll let you come in after each one and correct me. So the first one is cultivate the proper disposition. So it's about the dignity and bearing and humility of not just the pastor, but the choir, everybody visible. And as a lay person in the pew, this is something I can at least sort out for myself. Exactly. Uh, regardless of what the situation is, even if I have no control over yeah. anyone else or anything else, I can do that. That's right. And I'd add pro uh, profound reverence to the list. Profound reverence. Thank you. Um, second, uh, if we are going to be um, do something that is uh, sudden, <laughs> and this is you are pretty firm on this, it's cleanse the liturgy of anything that is unorthodox, uh, heterodox, if you call it, um, so anything which is heretical, anything which is clearly contrary to what the liturgy ought to be, that, that has to go. Um, so we're not talking about matters of modification and taste according to the ideals of Pius the, right. um, Pius X. We're talking about things that are clearly contrary to the teachings of the church. And there are hymns in hymnals which do this. It's, we're not, um, and you, you use the example of, of the, the extreme case of uh, somebody singing Elvis songs uh, for the processional <laughs> or something like that. So that's Plenty what has to go. Not appropriate for the liturgy for Elvis fans. Sorry about that. Um, three, find the musicians, um, find the right people who, who, with whom you can work with. Because if ultimately, if we're uh, constantly battling with, the, with people at the, within the choir, then we're not going to persuade people beyond that. Um, of the validity of this. So it's worth sacrificing some uh, skill, if you like, in musicianship, some, uh, mm. to get the right attitude from the people. You've got to have a team. This is sort of man management, I think, if I could use that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, number four, uh, think of the music director as a facilitator. In other words, I, as I was listening to you, you're saying it's a plea from music directors uh, please judge this on the end results not on the the activity that you see me doing because uh, there is there can be too much emphasis on making sure the music director is working all the time and he feels he or she feels that their position is in jeopardy if they're not always doing everything 
That's um, right. And so re recognize that this is a, as much a managerial position as it is a doing position, and that ultimately the goal is to change the music. So if, 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 if there isn't progress musically, then that's a legitimate criticism. Exactly. But, but, but that, is the, that is what we're aiming for. And do this, he or she could do this as much by facilitation and guidance of other people in the congregation as by actually doing it himself. Um, right. So music director is facilitator. Five, um, think, recognize that the worshiping congregation, like a worshiping parish, is part of the body of Christ and each has their role and each is worshiping fully by fulfilling it. So we don't have the situation where the choir sings and then goes to mass on another occasion to fulfill their obligation. It, 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 we shouldn't see that as necessary. Um, which I've heard people describe that every role should be a fully participant in that worshiping body. If, if right. It, and yeah. Exactly, and particularly the coordination, you might say, between the priest and the musicians, the choir, okay. needs to be very well unified, so okay. that not two separate things from which we're, we're distracted from one to the other, but really a unified approach. Uh, and then number six, uh, that as we introduce these changes, possibly gradually, that people do have a sense of the path by which we're moving towards the ideal. That's right. Um, now, I, I can imagine that you can't chart it out in minute detail, but at least give people a sense of the method in your madness, uh, that, that this is yeah. the building blocks, this is what we're aiming to do. And so that then people are on board with this. Is, is that right for that point? That's, that's right. It, we really do need to take steps forward in this in this path and that to as you say to make clear to the people and the, the parishioners that this is a glorious thing we're working towards it's not just it's not merely being correct but it's headed towards something that is profoundly beautiful and satis deeply satisfying to our soul right and then to aid that point 7 is give people and experience from time to time of that ideal by having specific events in which you devote more time and effort. M maybe I'm imagining even bringing in other musicians or something like that so that they have a sense of what we're aiming for. I've been to some of these wonderful churches, so I, I always have that in my mind. You've, be, you've been to places where these ideals might even be realized every week. That's right. Um, but many people don't have that. They don't really know. You, I know what I'm, we're aiming for because I've, I've got that experience. But many people haven't yet had that opportunity. That's right. So we want to bring it to them so that they know what they're aiming for. Exactly. And so put an effort in for the occasional larger scale event, if you like, that where it's, but if you're going to do that, I'm, it's got to be good. It's got to, it's got yes. to really, um, give people a sense of the ideal um, that's right. it's going to work. Okay, <laughs> now we go back to <laughs> this yeah. fascinating example, which you gave us, a, you know, you, 
you uh, tantalized us last time. Uh, or maybe I did by not allowing you to full, complete. <laughs> we, we have this situation where, and I've heard people describe very similar situations in another parish, actually. It, it really did resonate with me as you spoke. That a church which really, in many ways, by virtue of the style of its worship, looks like an evangelical parish. It, it's very, very energetic, very upbeat, lots of noise and participation, and seems on the face of it, if you measure contributions to the um, to the collection, oh, yes, for people that are coming, very successful. And so the question that was always that was put to be, well, why doesn't this work? Why, why should we change this? Exactly. Let's go back to, so how, first of all, what's wrong with that? And second, uh, I've got some ideas, but I wanted to hear you articulate them probably a little more diplomatically than me. Right. But, um, and then second, how can we convince people that there is something better? Right. So in a way, we've already covered what's wrong. You might, you might say is wrong with it <laughs> in the sense that we've talked a lot about the, the character of sacred music and um, this, the, the, the many different aspects of traditional sacred music and how we need to somehow uh, continue those to a certain extent in order that the, the, the music and the liturgy can truly draw us into the mystery, not merely satisfy our emotions or make us feel good, but really it, the music needs to have this capacity to draw us in to, to the depths, you might say, of, of the liturgy. And, and that's where we might say that some of the more contemporary music uh, might very well, I, I, I think it does have its place. I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't have a gripe with praise and worship music as such, <laughs> and, you know, but, but not but in I the liturgy. Right now, let's, <laughs> go ahead. But you, you, you presumably we're not saying it's appropriate for the liturgy. That's right. But I think in the grand sort of um, scheme of music that uh, for Christians, it has its place, but not in the sacred liturgy. That's right. Yeah, and I, and I think we've sort of dealt with a lot of the reasons for that earlier on uh, in our talks earlier. Yeah. So, yeah, I I'd like to talk, if I may, about what to do in that situation. I, I'm going to come uh, before we do that. I'm going to come in and make some. I have thoughts about this, that uh, as to how you might convince people there's a problem, because I still think. That actually, even if we point, if, they, if we show them what ought to be there, they're still going to say, well, I don't care. This exactly. is Oh, yeah. No, no. This is wonderful. We have all these people. People are coming to. And what I would say is that um, if we're to trust the church uh, and her guidance and her traditions, then I'm not denying any of the good that your church has. But what I'm going to say is that it's good, uh, first of all, either because um, there are other things in place which are attracting people. Um, mm -hmm. And 
if they're if it's bringing them to Christ, it's because of those other things. Mm -hmm. Secondly, if it really is just the music, then it, it it's not enough to attract people. You have to attract them to the right place. And if it really is just the yeah. music, and we trust the church, then even if they like it and they feel good, it's not taking them to the place where they ought to be as Catholics and as Christians in church. And in this case, the good might be the enemy of the best. And so I would say to those people, this could be even better. This, yeah. this, this uh, I think you have to take that experience. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to take a risk here, but I, I often think that this is, a mistake that's for example I deal with um, when I'm talking to people I live in the, the Bay Area and uh, I will occasionally as a Christian be challenged on my views on homosexuality and gay marriage and I will say it's wrong and they will say how can you be so cruel how can you be so you know, what how can you deny me my happiness Mm -hmm. I'm, saying, I'm not denying your, your happiness and I'm not denying what you feel and the, the, the goodness of mm -hmm. what you get from your relationships and the love that you feel. I'm not denying any of that. But what I'm telling you is that I believe as a Catholic and a Christian that there's something even better on offer. Think of all the good that you get from your personal relationships. Um, it is better if you have this the fuller relationship with God as a result of making that sacrifice uh, in your life. And I think a similar approach, without telling people they've got it wrong, which, mm. which we may say, but why does it matter? The answer is, there is, we can be happier and more fulfilled and actually authentically attract people to Christ. We're talking about the parish, but for each person, your life will be better. This is why, ultimately, it's about happiness and joy, and it'll be more authentic, even better than it is. Right. So, in a way, I think my approach here is, uh, and of course, if if we assume that the priest is uh, living a holy life and he's really committed to the way of wisdom, and he's and his team is also on board with this. And they're praying, and they're they're open to the the kind of formation we're talking about. They're all open to these principles. Then they're going to be it's they're going to be the ones who will be inspired to go in a good direction. But these are so in a sense it's hypothetical. But now I'm imagining that I'm on that team, or that I'm that, <laughs> and I'm gonna. So I I think before I'd even uh, say the things you just said, which I I agree with, uh, I would say. Let's begin to see what we can do that will present this the the, the glory of Catholic sacred music to these uh, to our parishioners in a way that, like you say, that they're going to see this is something even better that that's that's yes. step forward that that they have the opportunity to to experience and to integrate into the liturgy. So. And this particular parish, especially where they've got this constant uh, overflow of, of money, you know, is an ideal situation yeah. to bring in, a, a, you know, for example, to have a liturgy. Uh, start out with just a, a single event, for example, where you bring in a, a choir and, and 
do something that has great beauty and depth to it that is right. it is really an organic continuity with our traditions that is uh, you know that all the things we've been talking about and let people come and experience that and 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 not even push it at, at first just say look at we just want to share this with you my experience has been and having worked with all sorts of different groups of people that when people have been when i've had the opportunity to do that kind of event typically the people who you would think are not open to it are in tears because of the beauty of it yes <laughs> now of course you're going to have exceptions you'll have people that, that don't want anything to do with it of course but there's such a power with uh good sacred music done well and from the heart and with with great with with skill and with 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 spirituality there's such power in that that i would you know i think i think this could be a great first step mm. uh, for such a person then i would say so so the whole point in a way to my approach is saying let's go step by step to sh uh to present these realities that people need to become aware of and then little by little we can also look at things like how about doing the intro maybe we have maybe we have an opening hymn too i don't know now i know there's a question of congruity here because you can sometimes if you put a praise and worship song and then a chant it can be very uh, it can be a little jarring so that that question needs to be uh, addressed as well but let's say that we have okay we have one mass maybe we do all the the, the propers but we do them really well um i think little moments like this can light a fire and and help people to go forward um another thing that we didn't talk about recently at length that is really it's really important to mention it uh, even though it might seem a little bit of a tangent is the aspect of acoustics and sound systems and so forth. Because I think this is another reason why, another problem, you might say with the, the, some of the contemporary music that it's so dependent on sound systems. Mm. That we're often bombarded by artificial sound uh, that, that can be, uh, for a person who's really sensitive to this uh, interior dimension, you might say of liturgy, it can be very, uh, upsetting because because when something seems to be uh unnatural or if you feel assaulted by the the sound coming from the speakers near you this is also uh this can also be a real hindrance to entering into the mystery and so there are all sorts of places where you cannot simply take away the sound systems but what what can be done in a place like this is to really work towards minimizing it, so to speak, or making it as natural as possible. Those are some of the things that I see, and I think it's basically sort of reiterating what you've said, David, in terms of we're always going to show something, we're going to we're going to expand rather than uh, rather than simply eliminate, and we're and and by expanding people's vision and their understanding of the beauty of sacred music. We're going to be able to lead, hopefully lead them step by step in a good direction, and um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I have to say there. 
Um, of course, you know, as we talked about first, the whole idea of proper dispositions, I've got to assume right now that those are in, I'm going to assume that those are in place. If they're not in place, that really is the work of the pastor and, and on a lar larger scale of the bishop to be, be working on this aspect of how we approach the mass and the, the dispositions we have. Yeah. <clears throat> the, uh, it, this question of support that there's, well, we'll we, we won't get to, let's go to the next example. Okay. I want to, I, we may deal with this. Yeah. Later. Uh, and, I, and I just want to put in a little plug here too, because we have our, here in Massachusetts, we have our Cor Unum Chorale, which has been in existence since 2016. We've sung various events. We've sung the Divine Liturgy, uh, sang by Roman Herco. We've done, uh, recently did a recorded filmed mass, voter mass of the Holy Spirit. And so we are actually, to a certain extent, available to come and work with parishes and to um, to offer these kinds of experiences. So that, that actually might be a good point to mention that they can contact you through magnificatinstitute.org. That's correct. And also, um, feel free to contact Paul. I mean, you can contact me as well, but I on these issues, Paul's going to have more to say, I think. I, I've got lots of things to say, but I don't know how good they are on this. I've got opinions mm -hmm. on everything. I always do. But you could contact myself or through the way of beauty.org or Paul, especially good on these issues, magnificatinstitute.org. And we'd encourage you to make comments on the YouTube channel or on the, the way of beauty.org. Just make points, ask questions and and. Uh, it's very interesting because no situation is identical to any other. There's always a, a special uh, situation, that, you know, because we're talking about people who are unique and uh, there's exactly. as many situations as there are parishes, I'm sure. That, that's absolutely right. It's a real joy. I mean, it, it sounds strange, but f for me, it's a real, uh, very stimulating and inspiring in a way to hear about situations that seem very difficult or even hopeless because the question is, well, what can be done and, and how can we help? And, and uh, it's important to confront the reality of these different situations. And we should say that this is the mission of the Magnificat Institute, isn't it? It's to, right. not only to educate via uh, talks or podcasts, or, um, it's actually to give practical advice and help. Uh, and so, you, we're, we're looking for people to try and address these issues and make make use of what's available. That's right. So our next uh, example is what we might, both of us might very well call a success story. Um, but I, I think it's important we bring it up because um, for various reasons. So this is another parish I know of in the, in the eastern part of the United States um, that I have great, I'll state from the beginning, I have great admiration for this program. I've never been there, but I've heard about it from different people. And uh, the music director is, is phenomenal. He's got an amazing amount of energy. He's, he has, over the last 20 years, as far as maybe 25 years, he has developed many different choirs that are, are sing, continue to sing every week. He's got um, a scola. He's got another adult choir for those who have trouble singing or who have not have the same, are not quite ready yet for the scola. Uh, 
which is also thriving. It's, uh, I guess it's for the, and this will give away for the people who know this parish, but the second choir is for all those, the qualification is they know how to breathe. <laughs> oh God, that, that'll be mine, Isaac. Go on here. <laughs> uh, they've got a, a boys choir for young boys. They've got a girls choir for young girls. They come together to sing together, but they, they practice separately for various reasons. They also have a choir for, for teenage boys whose voices are, are, are changing because they often fall through the cracks, so to speak. So at least five choirs, and each one of them is like, these people are filled with enthusiasm. They're going every week, and there's a whole spirit of learning involved. And everybody learns uh, how to read Gregorian chant and how to sing Gregorian chant. They do beautiful polyphony. They do, um, they do as well as the traditional repertoire, though they also do uh, new compositions, they sing hymns, they have all sorts of instrumental uh, ensembles and soloists that, that's, that play along with the liturgy. And the people, everybody I've talked to who's been to this parish tells me how they, it, was, it was a uh, transformative experience to be part of this situation. Um, so, I bring this up to provide a, a sort of a very different situation um, of where a parish like this could possibly go. Is it, you know, is the, are they all set? Mm. And, uh, and I, oh, I should also say also that the, the organ in this parish is, is very um, important. They, they, they uh, built a new organ for the parish. It's used prominently. Uh, the music director is an excellent organist. Um, so in many ways, I just got to say, who's going to touch that parish? Who's going to say that they need to do anything different? It seems like there's so many good things happening. Um, but the reason why I bring it up is, first of all, that uh, I think as we've said all along, we need to, to build on what's there. So Certainly, if I were ever to be, in, you know, have contact or, or be helping in any way, which I'm not expecting that I would be needed for that, but um, the first thing that is appropriate, it seems to me, is just to, to rejoice in the, the greatness of what they're doing. Um, it, it's on so many different levels. They're thriving. And, they, and among the, the, both the adults and the children, there's developed this whole culture of, of sacred music. And it seems like it's, it's just contagious from generation to generation. It's almost uh, now because I've never been there, of course, you know, you get in the given situation. I'm sure they have their, their challenges and difficulties. But from all I've heard, it seems great. So the reason why I bring this one up, because it also, in a sense, uh, I think it accentuates a certain principle. Because again, um, we might look at uh, as good as it is. It, let's, you know, this could be representative of several parishes around the country. And I've heard of other places also where there seem to be, you know, really good things happening. Um, and really all that I would like to bring up here is that as well as rejoicing and, and being very, uh, gratified by the good things, even in the best of situations, there is, there is uh, 
certainly, I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure <laughs> that this great music director. Paul, I gotta, you gotta have to say it. You keep, <laughs> tell us what, what, how it could improve. Right, right, right. Qualify with how we, we yes. Say, yes. Have to say it. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think it's basically here. What I would say is the, the general problem, even in the best of situations, is uh, or is the fact that we need to develop our the sense of the propers and i and i know they're doing propers to a certain extent but in other words this is this is typically the the thing that's lacking in a, in a great music program not due to any fault on the part of the uh, musicians but simply because um a lot of times it's because there's not enough uh compositions to 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 fill in the gap so i think in a place like this, if I were to be involved, I would say, uh, let's let's continue to cultivate great compositions for the propers of the mass, and as also new settings for the ordinary that can go even further in in drawing people in. Um, if, if I can summer, I'm just thinking about the summer. So what you what you're describing. Uh, and I have no idea where you're talking about, so I can I can say this without worrying, <laughs> offending anybody. But I really don't know where you're talking about. Um, so, what you're describing, if I'm listening to you, is a parish that has done phenomenally well in uh, implementing what you might call the existing tradition um, mm -hmm. within, uh, with a focus on, I'm assuming, Gregorian chant and polyphony. Um, and uh, but the important thing is that that's the, having done that is that there's an awareness that this has to be a living tradition in which you have to discerningly incorporate new compositions um, and especially with regard to the propers is what you're saying so that's right yeah and i think on another aspect also uh, of moving forward in a situation like this and would be and, and and because I I've never been there I've just heard about it from many different people um, is to reach out so one if you have your act together then I think it's a, a great opportunity and and a need to see how can we how can we draw more people even more people in so I think there I've, I've seen some efforts um, to do things let's say go to the mall and give a uh, give some kind of uh, what do you call it? Flash mob, or or oh uh, yes, um, <laughs> or, I, I, yeah. I'm a great fan of that. So that, in other words, this can be, this can draw people in. Um, yes. Right. Yeah. This. I, I think this is something that uh, is a touchy subject. For I, I'm imagining you see that many extraordinary uh, parishes that focus on the extraordinary form particularly. Um, they will have this sense that the goal is to uh, capture what is traditional. They're looking at all the documents that have come out of the Salem and you know the the, the, pro mm -hmm. the propers as defined by uh, Salem and the, the musicologists, and they're doing this really well and they're working towards it. Um, but what they're there's two things that always strike me. Um, when I, when I approach these, one, um, that when they do 
and I'm not thinking of this one parish because, I, as I say, I have no clue what it is. Yeah. What happens is that, first of all, um, the, the choices that they make outside the, those strict guidelines are, are not the best. And so there, there's an introduction of hymns, which are, you know, in, uh, the processional, the recessional, which frankly, I just don't think should be there. Um, even though they are, and, and these are the efforts to sort of give the the congregation a chance to sing along. This can happen, right. um, and then also this belief that there is no need for anything new, um, right. and the mindset, particularly of extraordinary form people. I am going to offend some people. Is that there's such a concern about um, changing things because of what's happened in the last last sixty years? I mean, mm -hmm. let's face it. Um, the evidence is that many people don't know how to change things well. Um, mm -hmm. But one of the problems, that one, the, one of the reasons we got ourselves into this situation in the first place is that we became disconnected from the tradition because it was fossilized, because it, it really isn't a living tradition. Right. It will die again <laughs> if we do not um, actually make it a living tradition, which there is uh, openness to uh, new composition and new material in the spirit of the tradition. Right. And I think, again, yeah, this is the, this is our, our mission, really, isn't it, to uh, not only minister to those who are the faithful parishioners already, but to draw in, to speak to our culture and to, to uh, evangelize through our music as well in a way that really has the kind of, of depth and integrity and, and beauty that's, that has that, the power to do that. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, the, the response might be, well, whose music am I going to choose? And that's a fair point. That, that, mm -hmm. uh, first of all, I'll say it for you. I think you should choose Paul's. <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, but the, the, this really is a call to composers and to, and to actually start to um, compose material there's no reason why we can't have a, fl a flourishing of sacred music composition of the like that's happened in Elizabethan England for example right. that we have God we have people who understand music we have the liturgy all those elements are in place if we want to bring them all together uh, but we must aim for that um, yes as well um, and okay. so Though, though those successful parishes that's the first step and that's wonderful and that's fantastic and basically that really has to be what every parish aims for first maybe yeah um, at least as part of what they do but then this um, discerning innovation emphasis on discerning yeah that's right, <laughs> um, that's right. It is apps is vital if we don't, we can't pretend that it isn't needed. It, 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 uh, otherwise, is the church as a whole that every parish was stopped at that point of simply recovering the tradition. It's going to die again. That's right. I, I agree with you, David. And that's and it's, um, we all know that there's there's a whole um, movement, you might say, in the other direction, saying that's all we. Do. Yes. And, and I think that's. Um, I think it's it's a very important point. Should we go on to the next parish? Yes, please. Okay. So now we come to what we might call the the typical uh, parish. <laughs> at least 
in my experience visiting different parishes around the, our region and around the country, this is how I describe it. You know, they, they use this, as far as the music is concerned, they use the standard contemporary settings and standard contemporary hymns um, that you find published by the, the major Catholic music publishers. Yeah. Um, and are distributed in missalettes, and they make huge, you know, huge profits doing it. Not the musicians don't. <laughs> musicians don't, but the publishing. But the, I don't know. I don't know how much they make, but I, but I'm somewhat familiar. I'm pretty familiar with this stuff. Yeah. And there's a lot. There's a lot of it. I mean, this is this represents an industry. You know, over the last fifty years, yeah. it's been sort of. I mean, and, and so. In these these parishes, you have people that basically, I think, as far as I can tell, out of goodwill, they're they're uh, receiving what they've been given. You know, this is what they've been fed. This is what they understand it means to be Catholic and what it means to have to sing in the Catholic liturgy. Um, and it's 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 become a whole, uh, you might say, culture, <laughs> or uh, in the sense that it's 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 people have become so familiar with it as the way in which they, yeah. they worship. And uh, so I would also go on to describe this typical parish as having uh, one or more cantors. Typically they, they can sing on t in tune. Typically they will, you know, yeah. uh, and they, uh, you know, at the best they, they do a decent job. Of, of, of being a cantor, they lead the people. Um, the music often, the lyrics are most often not uh, liturgical, yeah. sometimes often biblical, but often sort of slanted, you might say, to, to emphasize the horizontal uh, dimension of the liturgy. Yeah. The, the community, uh, as Pope Benedict tended to talk about this celebration of the community, um, or self-celebration. Um, and in general, you have a sort of a somewhat stable group of faithful that, came, see, that seem to come to Mass, uh, sometimes a lot of, uh, very full, but uh, definitely diminished from the, the before what it, what it had been in the past for whatever, whatever reasons. Uh, this is people often have a sense they, they identify with this music. They said, this, this is who I am. This is what, this is the kind of music I do. And if you, uh, if somebody comes and does something different, they're just, it just doesn't quite seem to connect. Um, if you try to change their habits, they often will, in my experience, there's often resentment <coughs> because uh, this is who we are. And letters to the bishop, complaints. This is the standard sort of parish council revolt scenario, I think. Right, right. And I, I would say, I think as a general rule, most of these parishes are not thriving. They are, they're diminishing little by yeah. little. And sometimes with some of the scandals going on recently, it, that's gone much quicker than it has before. So this is, this is the next period. And this is probably <clears throat> the most common situation that people find them in, themselves in. So, so what do we do, David, in this? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, presumably it's similar to, to the thriving, uh, the first scenario. 
That's right. Um, it's really giving painting the picture of the ideal. Um, and then it, I, I'll let you, I, I'm going to come in and say here that, that once you have the, the diminishing attendance, that it's easier. <clears throat> I would say that very often the, the argument is one of being pastoral. We, we have to take into, you know, if we take into account these people, this is what they're used to. We have to, now I would say, okay, in accordance with the principles that you've described, we should try and accommodate people. Um, however, um, we have to be pastoral also to those who are not in the church. Mm -hmm. You know, I just know from my own experience, this is the parish, which I have never, ever been attracted to. I can't, mm -hmm. I cringe when I go in it. Um, it. I just find the whole experience virtually unbearable. It is, does not appeal to young. It's always very often done in the name of appealing to young people. Um, mm -hmm. And it's people who were young in the 1960s who were pushing this. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it, it absolutely is not hitting home as they imagine. Um, and I think at some point, uh, there's going to be a battle there if the priest doesn't stick to his guns and the bishop doesn't support him. Um, that's, what, that's what you're facing. You, you, you adopt all the principles that you describe and try to be as charitable as possible, but at some point, uh, unless th there will be people who do not welcome this with open arms, I think. That's right. That's right. And again, I think I think the first um, first basic principle, as I mentioned earlier, is that of the uh, the humility, dignity, reverence, so to speak, that the priest brings to the mass. That's even though that's not enough, you might say it really does have a power, very powerful effect. Okay. And I've seen that so many times in so many situations, almost to the point where you think, well, it almost overcomes the deficiencies in the music. Because if, if um, but so that, that's the first step again, is in the priest teaching the people about this as well and leading them. Um, as you say, beyond that, I would say it's very similar to our first situation. Now, the resources aren't going to be as great in this typical parish. You know, won't have all this extra money to, yeah. to use. But, but still, strategically, one can find ways to introduce the parishioners to the beauty of something. And this is, this is what I've seen before my eyes when we've had this opportunity in a, you might say, a typical parish to introduce people to. Um, to music that has that really does um, has this organic connection to the tradition, and when I do it, and when, when our Coronum Corral does it, it's it's almost it's always with a good deal of new music as well. Um, people are people are um, are really touched by it and moved by it, even if they had uh, you know have little exposure to it. that. That's that's my experience. Yeah, and you're talking about new music in the in the spirit of the tradition. That's that's right, David. Yeah, it's, it's essential. Yeah, uh, because it, and that sort of goes back to our whole first set of, of podcasts, you know, where we talked about all these different principles that need to uh, inform the sacred music. Um, now, again, it's 
this is part of this strategic step-by-step -step, uh, process. And uh, you mentioned the word pastoral, which is so important. <laughs> In the sense, I got the shepherd, the pastor, the shepherd, the good shepherd leads his sheep to the to the place they need to go. And he also needs to bring in the sheep that are outside of the fold. Yes. That takes courage and it takes wisdom. So uh, pastors are called to have this kind of, of um, pursuit of wisdom and, and fortitude, courage that allow them then to to shepherd or to, to lead their, their, their flocks into this, this place that will, that will benefit them and those outside the church. Um, so okay. you, is that enough on their typical parish for right now? I, I think so. I, I don't, I, it seems to me from what you said that uh, the only difference with the first one is is that is the it's it's going to be a little more difficult to um present them with the ideal you haven't got the resources to bring in this wonderful you know to bring in the choir from the from saint john Cantius to do a demonstration or something right 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 so you have to you have to be a little more uh, inventive in how you introduce it and and make use of the resources that you do have uh, but I would, I think that essentially the problem is the same beyond that. It seems yes, I, yeah, I think so. Um, so the final uh, parish I'd like to talk about, and again, we, I'd like to, I would like to invite anybody who has uh, specific situations that seem not to fit into any of these uh, these examples. It's it's great to hear about different uh, situations that seem challenging, but. The uh, the final typical uh, final situation that I'm thinking about is where everything's in, basically in ruins. People are discouraged. They they hardly have any music at all. Yeah. Um, there's a, only a few people that come to mass. Um, what do you do in a situation like that? That what can you do? And uh, again, so many of these, the principles of it are are um, important but i think this is the kind of situation where you need a, the the priest and those involved need to pray for the right people and, and look for the they need to find those who are truly um inspired by the vision of the church and are w willing to to share their talents most likely this will be amateurs in a parish like this that is really doesn't have much finances at all but it's amazing sometimes how you can find these kind of people to help. And, and the amount that people are, because this is such an important issue, uh, if the pastor is really, really has this vision and really is uh, living a holy life and radiating that, it's quite often that he, this has the power to attract good people to, to the effort. And I, um, and what I want to say here, too, is that I want to get back to a point we made uh, a while back in another podcast, is that essentially sacred music in the Catholic Church is 
does not necessarily need to be grand or grandiose or big. It, it can still have its character in the most humble circumstances. Looking at, for example, um, Our Lady singing the Magnificat. Now, it doesn't say that she's saying the Magnificat. It doesn't, the scripture doesn't say, but it seems like the whole structure of it lends itself to a song. And, and of course, we've sung the Magnificat throughout the, the centuries, but that first Magnificat was in a very humble situation. Our Lord, uh, instituting the Eucharist, chanted the, the, the Passover and, and, and sang hymns with his, uh, the apostles. You might say a very, very humble situation. Can anyone imagine a more beautiful, you know, where would I rather go <laughs> to experience the depths of sacred music than in these most humble situations? So I would, I would assert that with uh, the right people, and which is, is a big if, but that needs to be sought, um, great things can be done with very small resources. Can I give one more example here? To I'd like to give one more example. To, yeah. <laughs> to, and I, we were we were on a on a trip a few years back, and uh, had a very very uh, difficult situation with one of our family members. Anyway, we were we were visiting local par uh, we visited a local parish. Um, they there was. A, Grand piano up in front, sort of what I would call almost cocktail piano music being played before the mass. Yeah. Um, we we left <laughs> to find something else. Um, we went. We found a religious community that was uh, chanting the mass. Uh, it was it was reverent, but it seemed to lack. Some, some kind of life or inspiration. It was, it, was, it was good. It was good. We were very grateful to be there. But the, interestingly, we went back to our, our, our motel room and it was, we were right next to a synagogue. And our open window opened up to the open door of the synagogue. And we heard a single person chanting the morning prayers in the morning. And you know that, you know, I'm not advocating that we all go back to the synagogue. Uh, that's not my point. But this this single person chanting the the morning prayers had a certain authenticity and depth and connection to tradition that moved me in that moment. I could say and inspired me more than than all this other stuff that we had experienced. And we, I should say, we also went to another place where there were this loudspeakers were were sort of blaring in our ears at all as well. But the point I wish to make here, again, is not that we're, we go back to the Jewish liturgy, but rather that they that cantor that was singing that, or that person who was singing that morning prayer, exemplified some of the qualities we need in our, in our Catholic liturgy. And that, that fundamentally, we can do something of real value in, in very humble circumstances. Well, I, I, and we go back to John Cantius, St. John Cantius, I think. I mean, that's yeah. really, it seems to me that uh, it, when we go, we think of that church in ruins, um, in a way, that's the nearest you'll get to a clean 
a, a blank sheet of paper to work. <laughs> there, there you go. What you need is the one or two allies in the congregation somewhere who can do what that you're describing that Cantor did, um, assuming that they're not. It's not a performance that is people are unable always up to, unable to join in with. So we're, we're assuming that everything else that you described, the resonance, the connection with people, all that is there. So appropriately, people can join in following this example, but. Really, you just need one or two of those people, and then it will change. Um, That's right. And I, I don't. I, I'd love to know the story of the early days and how you know where what his first move was liturgically up in Chicago. But I imagine it would be something like that. You know, he's looking. You, know, you in a way, it's easier to deal with the church in ruins than it is the one that's in a state of managed decline, which is. Exactly. What, yeah. Well, exactly. Good. Exactly. Yeah. So that ru the ruins really do provide a, a marvelous opportunity. Yeah. From the ashes of disaster grow the roses of success, as they said in <laughs> Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I I, uh, I don't want to finish on the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> Can we? Uh, I think is there anything, I think we've finished the, the the there's no new theme to introduce at this point. Is there is there anything else? Not, you not that I no not that I can think of right now, David. I think we've covered a lot. And uh... okay, so really, just to remind you that this is Paul's mission, um, and with his Magnificat Institute, this is really what um, they're about. It's trying not only understanding what. Um, sacred music is but understanding how to help people to introduce it in the situations that they are in so paul really does want to hear from you that's uh, right avail yourself of the of this service that's on offer uh, and once again that's uh, magnificatinstitute.org so paul jernberg thank you very much indeed thank you david you've been listening to the way of beauty podcast conversations on Catholic faith and culture. If you enjoyed this episode, then please give us a five-star review on iTunes. This will help others to find it too. Also, if you're interested in delving more deeply into the material that we discuss, you can do a course at the Pontifex University website. That's pontifex.university.